the IBM Z applications and runtime podcasts. Your place to get the news, trends and direction for mainframe runtimes and environments. Well, hello and welcome to our 15th episode in our podcast series, Application Platform Talks. If you've been with us all through this journey, then thank you for joining and we hope you've seen good value in it. But if you haven't, this is where we chat to experts involved with the runtimes and talk about topics in their areas of expertise. Now, I don't do this all by myself. I've got a comrade in arms here from Germany, Tobias Leicher. So, uh, so Tobias, once again, it's great to be here with you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Nick. So today we're talking to Lewis James, a software developer in Hursley, who will give us some insight into what he's been involved with regarding security and how this brings benefits to our enterprise applications. But first off, Lewis, thank you for giving us your time today. Hi, Nick. Hi, Toby. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. This recording will be made available at ibm.biz forward slash Z podcasts. And if you go there, you'll find a lot of other podcasts related to not only the application platforms, but things like DevOps and uh, application development, all related to IBM Z. So to kick off, Lewis, before we go into what you're currently working on, let's hear a little bit about Lewis, the young man who's recently joined us from uh, college and university, and how you became involved with the mainframe computers so relatively recently. Yeah, sure. So I'll give you a, a bit of background. Um, so I'm I'm from Reading originally um, in the UK, um, which is kind of near London. I think I had a bit of a different experience to most people um, kind of coming into IBM at my age. I'm on the apprenticeship scheme um, with IBM and I'm doing the degree apprenticeship. So it's a sponsored degree um, with IBM and they pay for my degree. And I, I'm currently at the University of Exeter, just going into my third uh, out of four years. And Kind of my experience is quite different because I was in secondary school. So um, secondary school is obviously from year seven to 11. And I think that's about, about 12, 13, I think. Um, and I actually ended up leaving secondary school halfway through in year nine um, to go to a technical college. Um, now, a te this technical college specialised in IT and engineering. And I think from a really young age, I always knew that I was interested in IT and that was an area that I wanted to explore for a career. So kind of this technical college is very different to other kind of sixth forms and, and colleges and secondary schools, as in it really promotes apprenticeships. Uh, so a lot of kind of traditional schools will kind of be preparing you to apply to university and go off and, and start your career eventually. Um, this college really kind of said, look, these are apprenticeships, these are degree apprenticeships, and it, they taught us how to kind of apply to them and, and to kind of pick up the skills we needed to start our career straight out of college. So after year 13, so I, I attended the college for, for about uh, five years. And after year 13, I applied for a job with IBM. And it was, um, I applied for a, cu a couple of companies, but IBM was always the one I had my eye on, uh, simply because of the scale of it and, and its history. And at that point, I had no idea about mainframes. You know, we didn't cover it in school or college. I didn't really know they existed. I'd learned a bit of Java and Python and, and the general kind of programming um, that you, you tend to see other students learning. And I heard it was probably mid to late 2018, I got a call to say that I had the assessment center with IBM. Uh, and I 
I ended up getting through the interview and the, and the recruitment process and we get put in this matching pool. So once the apprenticeship scheme say, look, we want you, you get put in a matching pool, which doesn't at that point mean you're in IBM, but it basically says this is the skills the person has. And a bunch of hiring managers across the UK can look in that matching pool of apprentices and interview them and decide if they're right for the team. So the first email I got was from Roger Brooks, who is uh, one of our development managers in, in the Kicks team. And it was, it was just by luck that the first, the first interview um, was the first offer I got. So I, I had an offer to start with IBM uh, in July 2019 um, as a software tester within the Kicks development team. And at that point, I had no idea what Kicks was. So, I mean, even searching Kicks in Google, um, you got kind of the expanded acronym of Customer Information Control System, and, and that doesn't really tell you a whole lot. And somebody who'd never heard of a mainframe, it was quite kind of hidden as to what I would be doing. Uh, so I took I took it in my stride and, and threw myself in the deep end. But um, I ended up starting IBM in, at Hursley within about November 2019. So I had a bit of a late start um, due to some personal circumstances. But but yeah, I kind of threw myself into deep end of mainframes. I think it's an interesting thing because you don't get taught about them in school and there's no education around them. So I was seriously coming from a from a complete clean slate background. Um, and yeah. It's kind of daunting, I think, from that point of view, because you must have quickly realised that mainframes are really the, the the kind of core of what goes on in major in- industries worldwide and how key they are. And yet, actually, you're not given any insight into that in your education system. Yeah. So I think it was absolutely daunting because you hear about kicks and then you get to Hursley and you you know, you start learning about what it is. And then you think, oh, well, what's ZOS and what's Z? Because obviously Kix as a product sits with as middleware on Z. And that means, oh, well, now I've got to learn about the mainframe as well. So there's a huge learning curve there. But but yeah, absolutely. I think some of the biggest figures which struck me was, the, you know, the amount of transactions that we that go through a system in a second, um, you know, the, the industries we supply uh, and kind of how many people touch Kix on a day-to-day basis without knowing. And I thought them figures really struck me as to how important the work we were doing at Hursley was. Um, and that really, at that point, tied me in. And, and it kind of uh, it kind of motivated me to learn about what, what Kicks was and, re- and really get stuck in at the deep end. So you've joined Kicks. You're highly motivated. What, what happens next? What, what, what did you get your hands on? So I was thrown right in the deep end with, um, the, with testing of some of the Kicks 5.6 features. So... At the time, we hadn't released 5.6. Um, we were about six months from GA. Um, so it was kind of all, all about testing um, the stuff we, we'd done. So that involved writing automation test code. Um, I think you, you had Will Yates on, on the podcast um, on one of your sessions, and he kind of explained the testing framework and kind of what that's about. And so we, I was using that framework um, to write Java code to exercise the stuff we uh, implemented within Kix 5.6. So that, again, was a really... A really big learning curve. I'd done Java in college and, and in my spare time, and kind of at this point, I was starting my university course as well. So it's kind of everything was really was really ramping up in in terms of the work. But kind of exposing myself to some of these new features, it it really again tied me in, and I I really found myself enjoying what I was doing. So yeah, I, I started on the foundation team, and and kind of progressed from there really. And 
And thank you for the plug on one of our other podcasts with Willie Oates <laughs> on the uh, testing no framework as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, you didn't you didn't brief me on that. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you spend a bit of time doing testing in um, John Tilling's foundation group. What was your next step? What what made you move move to a, a different role? Sure. So as we as we GA'd 5.6, it was kind of that quiet period between releases. So we were just starting the development on Kick 6.1, which has just gone out the door. Don't ever tell the other developers there's a quiet period <laughs> in the development cycle. Yeah, well, from a testing point of view. So, <laughs> so yeah, once we kind of tested 5.6 and it was out the door, we kind of were in, in between development, kind of planning the strategy around 6.1 and what we were going to focus on in, within the next two years. And I found myself kind of noticing the skills gap um, within within Kicks and, and Z in general, and not just within Hursley, but the industry as a whole. And I, it, it made me think that I really wanted to have a look at Kicks development and really get stuck in, in, in that area. I'd never touched Assembler or PLX before. And, and these were kind of the languages that we use within Kicks um, and, and some of the skills I'd have to pick up to do that. So it was about the time that I was going into the Kicks security team for 6.1. So that's Colin Penfold's team. He's our technical owner um, for that area. And I just said to him, look, I'm I'm here as a tester, but I'd really like to get some exposure to development within Kicks. You know, testing is development in, in, in the way we do it. We are still writing Java code, but I really wanted to get kind of stuck in with development in Kicks and start designing and developing new features. So I think from that point, I got I got onto a, a graduate PLX course within Hursley, which was about a week long, to get kind of a, an introduction to PLX and, and a bit of assembler. And that allowed me to start working on some items for six one. So yeah, I've kind of transitioned from that main testing role um, to a role where I'm actually mostly kind of focused on the development of new features in Kicks now in the security team. Um, and kind of that kind of carried on throughout 6.1. Cool. So, so. I mean, it's not an obvious choice to go into Kicks, is it? And I mean, you you said it was kind of an accident for you, but um, even though now you're you're in for a while, so so what keeps you actually interested in it? So I think it. I think anyone kind of in Z and Kicks will know that you cannot get bored at all. Um, once you learn something or learn, you know, a part of something, there's always so much more on your to do list and more. I find I always stumble across things. So I'll be working on one item, which involves kind of touching another area of kicks. And I'll really be intrigued to to learn about that. I think it's one of the things when you go into a product or, or some sort of uh, piece of technology that you're working on, kind of as a technical person, your goal is to become the SME in that area uh, and be the person that can answer the technical questions and innovate and, and kind of um, create some create the new stuff that your customers are really passionate about. But within Kicks and Z, it's impossible to be the SME of that area. You, you've got people across the labs who are really, really, really intelligent people and, and they're the people you go to for certain things and you get SMEs in certain areas. But Kicks is so vast that it's just impossible to know everything about everything. So that keeps me interested. It really does. I think if I find that I've worked on something and, and I consider myself quite skilled in that area, such as some of the stuff we were working on in 6.1, I always find extra stuff to work on. And I end up kind of going underwater with it all and, and going down the rabbit hole. So yeah, I can't see myself doing anything but kicks, to be honest with you. Um, there's always going to be stuff to learn. And, and 
you know, we're still learning about the existing stuff that, that came into kicks 10 years ago. And so every release we're implementing new things. So it's just a kind of a nonstop unlimited supply of, of skills to learn really. So, yeah. I, I think you'll find that we as developers will spend 18 months developing, refining, testing, and getting some technology or some piece of capability out. And then our customers quite often won't actually even get around to taking that on and implementing it into their procedures for another three, four years, sometimes longer. And it's, it's sometimes odd that what we think was old hat is actually, from a customer's point of view, now useful, now of value for them themselves. So when you talk to customers, you will probably have to adjust your your mindset into what you think was outdated technology or ancient something that was done a long time ago actually for them can be the thing that is solving their problem right now yeah absolutely i think you've got to you've got to rewind the tape a bit haven't you and kind of it's almost like time travel <laughs> go back <laughs> to something that we did five years ago because to them it is bleeding edge and and that's new for them i think i was talking to a customer the other day and they were really interested in a, a new thing we'd implemented in 6.1. But they, they said, oh, you know, we're really interested, but we, we you know, we're not going to go to 6.1 for, you know, 18 months or so. So it's kind of, that is a really real eye-opener, and especially someone new in kicks. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it is just uh, something you have to adjust to and, and realise that due to kind of the work that our customers do, they don't, they're not going to upgrade uh, to the newest version as soon as it comes out uh, you know there's migration efforts and, and and all that kind of stuff so yeah absolutely and so while you said that you find interesting that you always work on bleeding edge stuff which is always good because i get that a lot from people that that i try to encourage to work in mainframes and they say yeah but then i will lost touch to the newest technologies and i don't want that i want to stay bleeding edge and so and you already highlighted you don't have to i mean yeah, it's still bleeding edge. What what is it you actually do these days? What is it you actually developed? Sure. So going back to the bleeding edge thing quickly, it's, it you know a lot of people look at Z and mainframe and kicks and think you know it's a product that's been around for so long, the stuff you're working on cannot be new and cannot be you know the bleeding edge of the industry. But it's it's not. I don't agree with it at all. I think things like if we look at security, we still have to be at you know an industry standard for security. So we are still implementing. The new protocols of security within kicks and and the new kind of methodology within kicks to make sure our product is as secure as it can be so i think from that point of view yes we are working on something that has kind of been around for so long but we're still up to date with the industry uh, in certain respects so yeah that's what i, re I really quite find refreshing about it but in terms of what i'm actually doing i think in 6.1 the security team was very much focused um, around simplification and it, under that umbrella, um, it was around diagnosis and compliance and uh, debugging. So kind of being able to make things easier um, to somebody new to Kicks. So we've kind of pivoted a bit in 6.1 and we, we're looking at the junior Sysprog persona. So anyone new to Kicks or, or new to Z, such as myself, um, so they can go away and, and do things such as diagnosis in an easier way. So, you know, we don't want we don't want kind of a debug message coming out with, you know, ridiculous return codes that nobody knows what translates to, or it's really difficult to know what that translates to. We want kind of a more friendly diagnosis message for our new users. 
to be able to aid them in diagnosis. So some of these issues hopefully won't need somebody with 20 or 30 years experience anymore, uh, but somebody with a kind of a, a base knowledge of kicks and something that we can kind of say, you know, point them in the direction of where to look that they might have got wrong. So yeah, that's our main area for 6.1 uh, is kind of simplification for new people, um, which I think is a really kind of a really positive thing, um, especially uh, with the, the, you know, the ever-growing skills gap within Z. And of course, with this, you've become somewhat of an SME, the security team for customer talks and, and uh, conferences. So I know you've done some virtual conferences, but I believe recently you did your first face-to-face. So how is that transition going from learning the product to talking internally and externally about uh, what's in the new product to actually being face-to-face with people? Yeah, so over kind of COVID and, and where face-to-face was kind of um, not something we did and we, and we adapted to working virtually and, and presenting virtually as well. I think a lot of the stuff I'd worked on before was the open beta presentations for security, though where we were releasing new uh, betas on, on kind of an open way, we were providing education for customers. So we'd get, you know, 150 odd customers come into our education session and we talk for an hour based on uh, all the stuff that we'd implemented in that quarter um, for the Kicks open beta. So this is kind of stuff we were putting in 6.1, which they could get their hands on early play with it and give us some feedback based on based on their experience with that stuff. So that was my first experience. And I've done about four open beta virtuals. And I think when I first started them, it was a very nerve wracking thing. You're sat kind of in a WebEx or whatever, um, talking to, I suppose, SMEs from all the different clients and, and internally and, and, and externally. And you're thinking, well, I'm educating these people who have 20 or 30 plus years experience. And you get somewhat imposter syndrome really as time goes on you start to realize you know the stuff you're talking about is the stuff that you've written the code for um, and you are the sme and you just have to have a bit of confidence so virtually i think i've i've really kind of you know grown in my skills in in that area Um, and then when when we had the um, gse um, i was lucky enough to go to gse nordic 2022 in stockholm uh, in june and and it was the week before we ga 6.1 so we were kind of doing a really relevant presentation on that. And I had loads of support around me, but it was, I kind of had the eye open and it said, look, Lewis, you've got, you know, you've done virtual presentations, but this is different. You've got to know how to present yourself and, and how to kind of uh, read the room and, 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 you know, make sure the stuff you're talking about is relevant and interesting to your audience. So it's a whole different world, really. Um, I think I was lucky enough to have so much support around me um, with the guys who went over um, to GSC Nordic uh, this June. Um, so thank you to them. But yeah, I, it went really well. I think the biggest change was that I was able to talk to clients before and after. And you can actually see the, the kind of their interest in the items that you've been talking about. And it's a much different perspective to sitting behind uh, your computer and writing the code and kind of not really knowing how a client feels about it, especially because of what you said, Nick, you know, they don't adopt this technology for five or six years after we've kind of released it. So being able to talk about it and see kind of their interest in that, that was really refreshing. And again, really motivating to carry on as well. But yeah, I, I think it was a massive learning curve going from virtual to, to face-to-face, but it's kind of really affirmed that, that it's something that I want to carry on doing. You know, I really enjoy the interaction with customers and it's something that I'm hoping to kind of 
get more experience on and, and more exposure to in the next couple of years and, and do more kind of customer interaction. That, that's great. And from our point of view, it's great having you up there as a, an advocate for kicks. And I hope you make a long term career in Zed. It certainly sounds like you've got that kind of thought process at the moment. And I'm sure you'll become an SME in many more areas other than just security in kicks as you as you progress. So Thank you. I think your insight on how we've we've had to refine the way we look at messaging uh, messages and diagnosis to make it a more friendly and informative message for your generation of IT professionals. So again, I think your insight is valuable there. So thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I, I just want to say thank you as well. It's uh, I think I think it's always interesting, and I think also for people out there that listen to us today and think like, oh, we can't find young people. Oh, no one likes Mindframe. There you have it. There are people that are interested. You just need to educate them well, give them opportunities. So um, there is a good chance. Just just make something out of it. And if you need help and need the right messaging, maybe Lewis is a good a good person to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Reach out. Yeah, thanks, Toby. Well, I, I would just actually add that I think Toby was in a very similar position to you probably about 10 years ago. Hey, that's maybe true. But now <laughs> I feel already so old that I tend to forget about that. <laughs> so for, for more IBM Z podcasts ranging from DevOps, application development, and of course, application platforms, you can check out https colon slash ibm.biz forward slash Z podcasts. But for now, from Nick, Toby and Lewis, it's goodbye and I hope to see you in our next podcast. Bye.